I'd like to tell you a story. I was at Chick-fil-A the other day. I find myself at Chick-fil-A quite often. Daily, it feels like. I'm either meeting people or going to uh, have breakfast with the kids or, or some, something about Chick-fil-A it sort of draws me there. I think it's the unlimited Coke Zero. Uh, but I, I go to Chick-fil-A quite often. And the other morning I was in Chick-fil-A and there was a, a lady there with two small kids. And the kids were as cute as can be. It was a boy and a girl. And she was there, and she was ordering her food, and she appeared to be in a a rush. She was in a big rush, and she was sort of jerking the kids around a little bit. She was taking them and saying, okay, let's go, let's go, let's hurry up. And the kids just really didn't want to go. They wanted to stay because Chick-fil-A has this really neat thing that's called a playground indoors. And she said, no, no, don't even go there. We're going to be late. We're going to be late. And and she ended up, she, she picked them up with the food, and she walked outside, and I happened to get my food, and I was going to take it to go, and I took it to go, and I went outside, and she had just so happened to park right beside me, and when I went out, and like I said, cute kids, cute kids, just adorable kids, they were trying to get in the car, and I sat, and I had the top on the Jeep, and everything, I mean, everything, windows rolled up, and she had all her windows rolled up, and I could hear her screaming at the kids, plain as day. As a matter of fact, she jumped out of the car, Jerked the, jerked, jerked the car seat up, started doing all these things, yelling and screaming at the kids, jumped in her car, sped out, and just took off, took off going. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, man, you know, those kids, those kids look pretty awesome to me. Of course, I don't have to live with them, but they did look awesome to me. And I thought about whether or not that lady ever took the time to stop and think about just what she has, just the value that she has in her hands and what, what other people would give for that. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says this, and I believe I have that up there. It says, in Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, this is how the message deals with it. It says, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him, and I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath, test its link, plumb the depths, rise to the heights. And this is the part I love. Live full lives, full of, in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Tonight's message is called 86,400. 86,400. 86,400 is the number of seconds that you're given every day of your life. It's the number of seconds that you're given. When you, when you wake up in the morning time, there has been, even though you can't see the account, there has been 86,400 seconds deposited into your account that day. And the thing is, is you have to go through those 86,400 seconds and you have to spend those things up because at the end of the day, the bank account goes down to zero. You see, God, God takes and he deposits that in us us every day. 
And all he asks us to do is allow him to work in us and through us. And as we allow him to work in us and through us, he is wanting us to live lives not that are empty, not that are rushed, not that are stress-filled, not that are filled with worries and doubts. He wants us to live lives that what Ephesians says are full, are full lives. And so tonight, I want to briefly, I want to briefly talk about budgeting tips for your day. I want to talk about how to budget your day. So let's go through some of those. The first one is this. I believe I have that up there. Yeah, there he goes. Planning the budget. Let's plan the budget. The first one is simply this. We need to recognize when God is moving around us. I believe something that will happen, for me anyway, in heaven, is I hope to be able to see all of those times when God was moving around me and when he was doing things here and there, when he was, when he was making me just a little bit later so that I could ignore that traffic accident or that he was stopping that traffic so that this certain thing wouldn't happen in my life. I want to see all the times when God was moving around me. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought what your life would be like if, what, what if certain things hadn't happened in your life? There are things that you can go back. For instance, what if, what if you had never called me to be here? Okay, maybe your life would be better. Some of you, maybe some worse, I don't know. But what if you'd never called me to be here? There are events that would have happened had certain things not lined up, had I not been called here? What if, I think about, I think about Andy and Tracy close. What if the morning they were planning on going to a different church, they hadn't just continued driving straight down 29 and came here to Palmetto Baptist? What if? I don't know your story, but you joined today. What if certain things hadn't lined up in your life? to move you to a place where you're right here, right now. Listen, a lot of times we get stressed during the day, but we need to allow God room to move among us and through us. I was driving, riding in a car uh, with a person, and they said this. I was like, I think we're going to be late. They were like, oh, it'll be fine. I said, I think we're going to be late. Oh, it'll be fine. I think we're going to be late. And they looked at me and said, Barry, listen, I'm on God's time. Don't worry about it. If we're late, we're late. What's the worst thing that could happen? They have to wait five minutes, 10 minutes. Don't worry about it. And that stuck with me. Oh, man. Because I was in the seat stressing, and they were driving, not a care in the world. Stuck with me. What if certain things hadn't happened? One of the things that I have learned over the last couple of months and I've learned it through reading a certain book that I've been reading and other experiences has been this. I, and I shared this with, with the kids on Wednesday night. I have a real, I have a real hard time with, with praying in the morning and in the evening time. I have a hard time sitting down and saying, Lord, and then praying for certain, for certain things. Going through a list. I'm not a list person. I'm not at all. And I have a real hard time with that. And for years and years and years, my spiritual life struggled because... I could not find myself closing my eyes and praying for a long period of time. 
I would start thinking about TV shows and football games that we should have won at Tennessee and all these other things, but my mind would drift. And I've had such a freeing experience because I, I was reading this, this, um, this book and, and the guy said, listen, I have such a hard time with praying in the morning. And my ears, I went, whoa, wait a minute, what is this? And he told the story, and I told the kids Wednesday night, about how all he does is gets up and he says, God, I want to invite you to come along with me today. And through that, what he's found himself doing is this. He's found himself praying continually throughout the day. When he goes by and he sees someone, he sees someone, he, he prays for them. He talks to them. He talks to God. He has, he's had so many experiences over the last three weeks. Why? Because his spiritual eyes have been opened. And truly, he is praying without ceasing. He's walking through his day. And that's been so freeing for me. It really has. God, God is at work. And he's moving all around us. And I think if we recognize that, I think the way we spend those 86,400 seconds, I think it would change. I think it would change. I think we would see problems. We would see things differently. The next one is this, changing our perspective, changing our perspective. I talked about this, this earlier in, in, uh, with a story with the lady from Chick-fil-A, but do you know that what some of us complain about, do you know what some of us complain about those same things we complain about, do you know that other people would call those blessings? Do you know that other people would call those blessings? You realize how much money people spend to adopt a child, much less two children? Those things are blessings to us. Oh, I can't get my kid to make up the bed. I can't get my kid to do the dishes. I can't get them to do this. They're acting up again. They're doing this. They're doing that. And we, we get frustrated and we, and we go to work and we're stressed and we're driving down the road and it was a bad morning and things bad are happening. Do you know that there are people in the world now, parents, I know you may not believe this, but would love to have your kids? Do you know that? And they would not bring them back. I know you think they would, but they wouldn't. They would love to have your kids. They would love to have your kids be, be that, that, they would love it. They're blessings. Some of us complain about how dirty our homes are. Oh, my house stays a mess. It's terrible. My house is so dirty. I tell you, oh, these kids never pick up anything. Oh, that sorry husband of mine. He never, he never picks up his clothes in the bedroom on the floor. Not that that's ever happened to me. But he never does those kind of things. Do you know that there are people that would love to have your house? They would see your house as a blessing. They go home to a lean-to at night. They do. See, when we change our perspectives... Everything sort of comes back in order. Another thing is, is your car. You know, I, I, like, I like Larry Peak, but man, I hate taking my car to him. You know, it costs me money. It just does. He does great work, but it costs me money. It costs me money. And my car breaks down or your car breaks down. Oh, man, this car. It's now, I'm getting so sick of this car. Do you know there are people that probably are walking by Peaks that would die to have your car? your car. They would die to have it. They'd love to have it. It'd be a blessing to them. It would be. What about your job? Some of us complain about our jobs. We get frustrated at work. This, that. Oh, man, you don't know my boss. You don't know this. You know that. There are people who would love to have your job. And chances are, if you lost your job, you would love to have your job back as well. 
It's all in our perspective. It's all in how we look at things. It is. <clears throat> Had a person tell me the other day, they were talking to me, and, and their kid is a little older. They said, you know, I just have so many regrets. I said, really? What do you have regrets for? I just don't know if I did enough. Yeah, they're a good, good kid. I just don't know if I did enough. If only I could take back the time. If only I could rewind, I wouldn't be so busy. That's what they said. If only I could go back and correct some things. But I guess we all live with regrets. If only I could do this. I know for my students, they range in age from, from 12 to 18. And you still have time. You still have time. There's things that still can be said. There's things that you can still do. It's all in our perspective. And when we look at it like that, we see that 86,400 were given is much more valuable than we realize. There's an interesting thing that happens when people find out that they may have a terminal illness. When people find out that they may be going to die, you know what the first thing that's been reported, you know what they changed first? How they treat those people that are closest to them. It immediately changes. It does. They become more valuable. Why? Because the 86,400 seconds have now become skyrocketed in value. Every second counts. I want to tell you something. God wants us to live that way right now. He does. The third thing is we need to focus only on those things that we have control over. We need to focus on those things that we only have control over. You know, many of us, including myself, focus on things that we simply can't control. We try to, I was in line the other day on the interstate, and in line is a good word because it was at a standstill. And there was a car behind me. You guys know those obnoxious cars. They're the ones that get over on the side and try to move on up and try to go around you. And they try to beat the system, man. And no one, if everyone would just not try to beat the system, the system would work. But there are those people that try to get on the side. And I just want to get over and say, you know, get in the back. Don't try to beat the system. But the truth is, I can't control them. I can't control anything they do. And I could have gotten angry, and I did. Uh, I did get angry. And, and, uh, but the truth is, I can't control them. I can only control myself. I can only control myself. When we try to control things that were, are out of our control, we are constantly frustrated and worried. And what that does is, is it literally sucks the life out of us. And we spend our 86,400, we spend those things angry and upset. And we're wasting it. We're giving it away. No one here, no one here in their right mind would take $86,400 and just go give it to a stranger for nothing. No one would do that probably. Especially if you know your account's going to zero. No one would do that. But we do that oftentimes every day. We're driving down the road and maybe we give this person 1,000 seconds and that person another 1,000 and maybe your boss two, 3,000 and then all, all of a sudden the day's gone and you're laying in bed and you've wasted 86,400 seconds. And you can never get it back. You can never get it back. I found that when we come to the realization that we can't change everyone, we can only change ourselves, that our life becomes a lot easier. I've also found that if you spend as much time focusing on yourself as you do focusing on everybody else around you, that it's amazing what happens whenever you stop complaining about your husband or wife or your kids and you start looking inward. It's amazing what happens when you only look in the mirror and you start changing yourself. 
and you start being, being realistic with yourself and saying, I need to change and these are the areas. And you go to a friend and say, I want you to tell me what you see. And you listen and you learn when you do those things. I found something amazing. The people that were getting on your nerves no longer get on your nerves because you were half the problem. You were half the problem. We can't control everyone. We can only control ourselves and what God does through us. And at some point, we have to take our hands off of everybody else and have a direct communication with God, just like Ashley did at camp. God, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I can't. I can't deal with this anymore. Please give me an answer. Please give me an answer. The final thing is this. And Pastor Jimmy alluded to this this morning. We have to realize that most growth, most of it doesn't come, it, it comes from adversity. I think I may have written that wrong. Most growth comes from adversity. It doesn't come without adversity. Now, this is hard. This is a hard fact. It's tough. I want you to think about your own life. You tell me when you have grown the most. When have you grown the most? Have you grown the most when everything was going great? Have you grown the most when everything was firing on all cylinders? Have you grown the most when everything was going right along? Or have you grown the most when there was adversity, when there was a trial, when there were things that had happened? The cool thing about it is, is that no matter what you're going through right now, whatever it is you're going through right now, eventually it's going to pass. What happens is, is it too passes and then you deal with whatever the outcome is, and then you adjust, and you continue to live your life. There's no reason to ruin and to give away your 86,400 seconds, because that too shall pass. My question has always been, though, is why? Why is it? Why does it take? Why does it take for us to go through adversity? Why does it take that? Why can't we just grow, just, just okay, we're just going to grow, and, and we start? Why, why does it take adversity? I think I found the answer. I'm not going to do probably what God wants me to do unless he sort of forces me to. I'm not going to do it unless he puts me in situations that force me to do those things. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bounce around the issue. I'm going to bounce around things here and there. I'm going to do little things here and there. But the reality is, is that going through the process of change, going through a process of resetting my mind, going through the process of learning all of those things, I'm not going to do any of those things unless I'm forced to go through the fire. No one in their right mind wants to be purified. No one. But in order to enjoy our 86,400 seconds, in order to live life to the fullest, we need to be able to put ourselves through that fire. We go through adversity to prepare ourselves for that next step. That's what we do. I want to give you an assignment tonight as we close I want to give you an assignment. Adults, I want you to go home. I want you to take out your checkbook. I want you to take a check out. I did this. I want you to do it too. I want you to take a check out. And I want you to fill it out similar to what I have up there. Pay to the order of life. Today's date, 86400 Use it wisely. And it's signed from God. It's a check that we get every day. And I want you to take that check and I want you to put it somewhere where every morning you can wake up and you can look at it. And you can be reminded that this, this day is a gift and you have 86,400 seconds. How are you going to live 
your life today? How are you going to spend those 86,400 seconds? One of the students texted me this afternoon and said, um, <clears throat> can you tell me about tell, what we're doing tonight? And, you know, Stevie, I told him we were going to see, and we are going to Stevie V's if you'd like to go. And I said, listen, I promise you two things. The message tonight will be boring and short. Uh, and so hopefully I've got one of the two right, okay? Hopefully I got, hope it wasn't boring, but it was short. I just feel like that God wants us to go into a new season, and that new season includes really living life to the fullest every day. That's what I feel like tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming. Emily is going to come up here. We are going to Stevie B's tonight, and our sixth graders that are coming into seventh grade, they're coming with us. All right, so this should get interesting, all right? We're going to have a great time. You guys are all invited to come, too, if you'd like to come. It's the one in Noonan in the Walmart parking lot down there. And Emily's going to come up and pray for us, and then we're going to be dismissed. You guys stand up. Thanks so much for coming.